0: Hey, what's up, everyone? It is Josh from Ref Bump Recaps. Welcome to the first ever episode of the Ref Bump Recaps podcast. Um, it's going to be a little bit different than the stuff I do on the Instagram or the Instagram Lives. Um, I'm not going to break down episodes of Raw or SmackDown or anything like that or the pay per views. I'm not going to do predictions on here. Um, none of that. Um, I might, leading up to a pay per view, the week of a pay per view, I might you know, jump on here and do a, an episode just breaking down what that pay for you looks like and that sort of thing, especially, like, the big four. But this one's going to be a little bit different. Um, I'm still kind of hammering out what the focus of this is going to be. I'm I'm leaning towards the idea of exploring perceived plot holes or questions within kayfabe um, that, you know, fans might have or, you know, things they see that WWE does that look like plot holes or, you know, maybe are plot holes or just have questions about, you know, Why this? Why not that? What is this? All that sort of thing. And just exploring that, you know. So, today, this week, I'm going to start with a question that I've heard a couple of times um, off and on with this particular wrestler. um, And it's Finn Balor. And it is the question of, why doesn't he use the demon gimmick more, right? Um, Now, it's, it's not just a question of, you know, why don't they use that gimmick more than the other one? You know, it's it's the question within kayfabe of if this alter ego of this persona of his, you know, gives him you know more strength, more speed, you know, more aggression, that sort of thing. Why doesn't he just use it all the time? You know, if he if he wins more matches with it, why doesn't he just use it all the time and win all of his matches, that sort of thing? Um, and it's a question that has both in kayfabe and out of kayfabe answers. And we'll get into those we'll sort of break it down a little bit and see, you know, kind of explore that character, that sort of thing. Um, it's not a real, real pressing question right now, you know, and it's not one that's integral to any of the storylines in the WWE currently. But it's one that I've heard a couple of times since he debuted on the main roster back in 2016. And it's one I thought, you know, we could address, something we could talk about. Be good jumping off point. Um, Finn is... My favorite active wrestler currently, um, I'm, just, I'm, a, I'm a big fan, he's one of the better ones out there in my opinion. So I figured why not start with something like that, you know, so let's get into it, shall we? The Finn Balor character, so let's just break down what it is first. So Finn Balor as a, as a character has his two sides, his two personas. You know, you have his Balor Club one, as we'll call it where it's just him as himself, you know, it's the, what Corey Graves calls the extraordinary man who can do extraordinary things, you know, and very charismatic guy, very likable guy, you know, a lot of smiling, which is, you know, sometimes to his detriment, um, and that's a good character, that, that's a fun character, people like it, um, he's, again, like I said, very charismatic guy, very talented guy, you know, then you have the Demon King persona, Right? And that's sort of his alter ego. It's where he, you know, gets all done up in the paint and has the headgear when he comes out for his entrance. Um, Is a little more aggressive, you know. The way he moves is different, and it's it's a really unique thing. Um, And it's unique for the WWE to have a performer like Finn Balor who has basically two built-in gimmicks, right? He has his normal standard Finn Balor, you know, Balor Club guy. You know, it comes out with a leather jacket, you know, abs, looking, looking slick, that whole thing. And then he has the Demon King as well. No no other character in the WWE really has two separate personas like that, right? Now, these personas aren't necessarily separate. They are related, and, you know, the Sanhedrin Ballard mentions the demon, especially if they're building to a match where we know the demon's going to be involved. He'll talk about it and that sort of thing. But it is two sides of the same character, and no other performer in the WWE has that currently, you know, you have guys like the shield or even like the DX guys back in the day who had different looks and different merch for, you know, whether they were as the team or separately, but they were, you know, still the same people, still the same performers, still the same everything, just wearing different clothes, you know, so something like Finn hasn't really been done before, at least not that I can recall, um, you've had men and women, you know, over the years change their personas and change their characters you know, most notably you had The Undertaker go from his sort of, you know, voodoo mortician to then his Ministry of Darkness, you know, real kind of evil-looking spiritual thing to the American badass, you know, the biker and then back to his sort of, you know original Deadman gimmick and it's sort of a, a the Deadman gimmick is sort of a an amalgamation of all of his other characters. You know, you have a little bit of the Western, a little bit of the Trenchcoat, that sort of thing. But even then, it's all still Undertaker. You know, the, the American Badass was the biggest departure in characterization because he did some different moves and things like that. That's where he introduced the last ride and, and whatnot. But again, it's all still the Undertaker. Finn Balor has a lot of the same moveset as the Demon, yes. He still has the Coup de Grasse as his finisher. He still does, you know, the 1916. those things like that, the Sling Blade, that sort of thing. But... He also does a few different things as well, you know. Um notably he powerbombed Bobby Lashley at WrestleMania, that you don't see that very often, especially at least not on opponents that are so much bigger than Finn. Um so having this separate character is really unique and it and it provides the WWE with an opportunity to explore this character in multiple ways. Um not to mention and this is a bit more cynical, they have the opportunity to market this character in different ways. You know, you scroll through his his page on com, you have loads of, you know, Balor Club merchandise, obviously, but you also have a bunch of Demon King merchandise, too. You know, so it's it's a really unique set setup that they have or situation that the WWE has, is presented with, um, with having these two different personas, and that's just really cool. It's really handy there. <clears throat> Pardon me. So then we look at the character itself, you know, and... Let's look at what the demon. Not even does but who it is. Let's look at what the demon is specifically. It's and his alter ego. You know, it's something he taps into that he uses mainly for the most drastic circumstances, for the highest stakes matches, the ones where his back's kind of up against the wall. He doesn't use it very often. He doesn't want to, you know, overuse it for a variety of reasons that we'll get into. Um, but again, it's just it's those last, that, almost a last resort sort of thing, um, and. It's pretty, actually, it's really handy. Or I will tip my hat to the WWE, to the WWE, in the sense that they have not, uh, they have not overused this character, which is nice. It would be really easy for them to massively overuse the Demon King and bring him out at you know every other pay-per-view and just wear it out. You know, but they haven't done that, and, and props to them for doing that. Now, in addition to that, it's also been very well protected. Um, on the main roster, the Demon is undefeated. He's only used it by my count, four times, and he's and he's undefeated in every one of those matches, and we'll, and we'll get into each of those matches, um, as the episode goes, but he's completely undefeated, and most of them have been, most, two of them have been squash matches or very close to it, um, but he's undefeated on the main roster. NXT, he only has, as the demon, the one loss against Samoa Joe in the cage at NXT, the end, or TakeOver, the end, rather, so, very well-protected character, um, it's it's still a thing that is very very strong. He is as as a gimmick and as a character, he's similar to the RKO, where it's just it's a very very well protected thing and it is not vulnerable in the least. And to the point that if we know if we know for whatever reason going into the pay per view or the match that Finn is going to be the demon, we can reasonably assume that he's going to win. You know, um, you could you could bet on it and you probably wouldn't be wrong um so again within which does beg the question within kayfabe why wouldn't finn use it more you know why would he not tap into this character a bunch more within the storyline you know if he knows that it's going to help him win matches why doesn't he use it it makes sense you know if you have this this gift this thing whatever it is whether it's an alter ego, or a weapon, or a, a move, or whatever that you know you can use to help you win more. Why not use it more? Uh, so with this, there is the kayfabe reasons, and then the non k reasons. You know, the ones outside the storyline. And I want to talk about those first, um, just because they're maybe not as fun, you know. But it, it's it's real life. It's what it is. So first off, you have the idea. You have the character of Finn Balor himself. You know, um, just the guy, the the Balor Club, the extraordinary man who can do extraordinary extraordinary things, you know, you know, you don't really need the Demon that much with him. You know, if you had Finn Balor just as Finn Balor and you didn't have the Demon King, he, I don't know if he'd ever be a main event player unless WWE presented him as such. Um, on the indies, he could absolutely be a main event player, and you wouldn't even need the Demon, you know. He's a charismatic guy. He can go in the ring. He's one of the better in-ring workers, probably one of the best in-ring workers the company has right now. Um, If nothing else, he's the best at making his opponents look fantastic. Um, He can make any opponent look like a million bucks. It's it's his biggest skill, and if you've seen any of my recaps, you'll know it's one of the big, big things I like about Finn Balor. But, so he can go in the ring. He's a fantastic in-ring performer. His... Again, his charisma is on point. You know, p- people just like him. It's, it's hard to not like someone like Finn Balor. You may not find him the most interesting, but it's hard to not like him. And it's hard to not buy in when he's selling something to him. you. Know when he's when he's selling a feud or an angle, you believe it, you buy in. Now he doesn't get a lot of mic time, which sucks. Um, even in some of his bigger feuds that he's had, his opponent has done a lot of the talking. You know, whether it was Seth Rollins in his first feud on the main roster or Baron Corbin or even, you know, Bobby Lashley through, you know, B.O. Rush, his opponents generally do more of the talking. Uh, even in the lead-up to his match at, Royal, at the Royal Rumble against Brock Lesnar, Paul Heyman and even Vince McMahon did a lot of the talking there. Again, that was only like a, a two-week build, but still, you know. Um, so he doesn't get a lot of time to talk. But when he does, again, he's believable. You buy in, you know, and it makes sense. And you, and you buy what he's selling. So that, again, coupled with his in-ring abilities and his look, you know, he has the look, he's got the abs, you know, he's got a good smile, he's a good looking dude, you know, I, I can safely say, secure in my heterosexuality, Ben's a good looking man, you know, I'm sure Vince would like him better if he was, you know, 6'4", 6'5", as opposed to 5'11", but uh, he's still, he's got the look, you know, so all that paired together, it makes for a really good superstar, it makes for a really good wrestler, so you don't necessarily need the demon all that often you know um one can make the argument that you don't really need him at all um, but if they just decided to drop the demon and never use it again and never mention it again he probably with how he's been presented in the wwe in the wwe on the main roster he probably would cap out at an upper mid Carter, which sadly maybe be what he caps out at anyway i don't know we'll see what, what the future holds so that's that on top of it not being necessary Right Or not being needed, at least all the time. It's, it's an expensive uh, thing to do. Um, I don't know what the cost is, per se. I haven't really done any research on body painting and that sort of thing. I know Finn was on Jericho's podcast a couple of years ago. And they talked about you know the body paint and, that, and the process that he goes through with that. And basically, if he knows he has a match coming up that he is going to use the demon for, he will reach out to different artists, you know, um, generally ones that are in that area of wherever the pay-per-view is going to be so that they'll be there when he's there, and he'll look at their portfolios to see what their work looks like, that sort of thing, and if he likes it, he'll hire them, give them the idea that he has, if he has one, and they'll go from there. Again, I don't know the cost on what body painting would run. I imagine it's not cheap, and with designs that are as elaborate as the ones he uses, it can't be cheap. Um, it really can't be cheap, and I would imagine because the WWE generally lets lets we'll say let um, the the wrestlers foot the bill for their for their own wardrobe. Uh, he's probably covering that himself, and I'm sure he doesn't want to do that every month. You know. On top of that, it's also a really time consuming process. Um, in addition to the cost, he. He did say, he didn't, again, he didn't mention the cost, but he did say on, on the podcast, it's generally a five-hour process when he gets painted. He gets there, and the whole process of getting the paint applied is usually four- to five-hour process, which is nuts. Um, it comes out looking really awesome. Like every, every paint job that I've seen, every time he's been the demon that I've seen and all the research that I've done to, to look at what he's done in the past have all been top-notch. Um, they've been just fantastic work say what you will about the, the pumpkin king looking one i thought it was kind of cool we only saw the face because we didn't he didn't actually get to use that that he didn't end up using that body paint at tlc but i thought at least the face looked pretty good so it it can't be expensive and yeah, it's, it's a long it's a time consuming process on top of which the paint that he uses is a certain type that's not going to smudge very easily um you see like Ultimate Warrior's face paint back in the day, or Sting's face paint, that generally gets smudged really easily throughout the match. Usually within the first five minutes or so of the match, it's getting smudged and messed up if they're taking shots to the face. Fins, it'll usually, I mean, if, it, if it's a longer match, you know, if it's a you know, 15, 20-minute match or so, it'll it'll get smudged. It'll get messed up by the end. It's generally all still there. like It's not coming off. It's just getting smudged and smeared. Um, but it, in the time it usually it would take for like the ultimate warriors face paint or stings face paint to get messed up. Fins is still spot on. Um, so it's, it's not a, it's not an easy product to, to, to come off. Um, I had, I recreated it once a couple of years back for Halloween one year. And I used just a mixture of, uh, it was, it was some sort of, it was some like, like the dry paint you get at that craft stores, you know, the come little, like little hockey pucks, you know, and you put water on them and that gets some wet. It's a combination of that and, uh, hand lotion and it smeared super easy um and i realize in retrospect i could have just used probably acrylic paint and been fine but you, know, you live and learn anywho fins is obviously a much higher quality and it's going to stay on to the point that he actually has a specific soap that he has to use a certain kind of soap made to remove body paint that he uses after those matches so it's it's an ordeal you know and i'm sure it's one he enjoys and it's one that he he likes doing when he does it but it is it is an ordeal you know um so yeah, I don't think he would want to necessarily do that. <clears throat> Probably the biggest non-KFAB reason, or at least in my opinion, the most important non-KFAB reason, comes down to the idea of diminishing returns. Something like The Demon is a really unique and fun thing to see. And it's a real special thing to see. Uh, because we don't, again, we don't see it very often. He's been on the main roster almost three years now, right? He, he debuted during the, the draft, Uh, with the the brand extension when they decided to to do the brand extension and, and split the brands between Raw and SmackDown, he got drafted up on Raw, right? That was summer of 2016, right? So it's been almost three years since he's been on the main roster. He's used the Demon four times. Now, he used it at a lot of the takeovers in NXT. A lot of the specials they did there, he used it for. But they only do maybe five specials a year, so it's not as much, versus the main roster pay-per-views that are every single year. On top of which, he was generally a, a main event player almost the entire time he was in NXT. He debuted working with Hideo Itami, and he, is, he was widely lauded, or you know highly lauded, when he came in, and he moved to the top of the card in NXT very quickly. So he was always considered a big deal there, so why wouldn't he use that more? Pardon me. With the pay-per-view schedule that they have on the main roster though, with you know, twelve a year ish, you know, usually one per month or so, it's a lot. It'd be a lot to do that every month, you know, every three weeks. And if we saw the demon every three weeks, it wouldn't be as cool. It wouldn't be it wouldn't feel as special. You know, you wouldn't get that cool entrance with the, the low lighting, the flashing red, the smoke machine, you know, Finn crawling out, that sort of thing. It's so it's really cool to see that and it, it is a spectacle when you do see it. It's sort of like when you see The Undertaker make his entrance, you know, or his, his WrestleMania entrance. It's always a big, grandiose thing. Or Triple H's WrestleMania entrance, it's always a massive, massive thing. Um, and I'll talk about the entrance at one point here in a second because I, I, have a, I have an idea on that as well. I have, I have my opinion on that. Um, but no, so if we saw the demon every month, every three weeks, it would, it would wear out and it wouldn't feel as special. You know, it's like anything in life. Something that's cool, something that's special... The more you see it, over time, you start to get used to it. It doesn't mean that it's not cool or not unique. It's just you get used to it, you know? So having the demon come out only every so often keeps it fresh, keeps it special, keeps it unique, um, keeps it interesting, you know? And then it makes it a big deal when we do see it. I know when he came out as the demon against Baron Corbin in SummerSlam, and it hadn't been announced, hadn't been talked about, hadn't even been hinted at, I was sitting at home watching it. I flipped, I jumped out of my seat, I was like, yes, heck yes, and the crowd popped, like, massively, They the, the crowd went off for it, it was crazy. So that's the, the non-kayfabe reasons, and and again, I have to tip my hat to the, to the creative team on the main roster for not falling into that trap, because it would be really easy for them to do, but they just, I don't know if they've consciously done that, or if they just haven't really used Finn that much, and that's why they haven't done it, I don't know. Whatever the reason, they have not overused the demon, and props to them for that. So then getting into the kayfabe reason, the kayfabe logic for this, and the logic within the storylines, and that's where a lot of that question really comes in, or, or most, the, the main focus of that question is, is within the storyline, if Finn Balor, the character, knows that he can tap into this this demon persona, and it makes him better, I mean, heck... On WWE 2K18, you had two separate characters. Yeah, you, you had Finn Balor and you had Demon Finn Balor. On 17, they didn't. It was just Finn and you could choose which attire. On uh, 18, though, you had Demon Balor and Regular Balor. And Demon Balor's ratings were higher. Um, as I recall, Demon Balor, Regular Balor was, I believe, like an 89 overall. And Demon was like 92 or 93. So they're telling you in the storyline, within... The kayfabe universe within the storyline, the demon is better. He's stronger. He's faster. He's more aggressive, and he's better than regular Finn. So why would you not use that character more? Why would, as as a performer, as as a, as a fighter, as they are in within the storyline, why would you not do whatever you could, whatever you can, to get a competitive edge? You know. Well. Let's let's weigh on this idea. And Michael Cole threw this out here, and he threw it out just as a real in-passing thing. It was, it was a real minor little line that didn't really get a lot of attention, but it does explain it really well, and it's, an, and it's a, a theory that I really like. And it's the idea that this demon weighs on fit. It wears on him. You know? it uses, it's like almost like a parasite. It uses him. So when he lets it out... You know, when he lets the demon out to make use of it for these real dire circumstances. Sure, it gives him that extra boost in the moment, but it also eats away at him. It also weighs on him, you know. So, he wouldn't want to use that very often. He wouldn't want to give into that, that darkness, that dark percent of that dark alter ego very often. Because, again, it might do more harm than good down the line. You know, he, he might lose himself to the darkness, or, you know, just succumb to this demon and lose control of who he is. Whatever. Um, and the idea of an alter ego that grants, you know, the better abilities is cool. It, it's it's a fun thing. But let's not forget, this particular alter ego is a demon, right? And in most mythology, in most any folklore, demons are generally not nice dudes or things, whatever you want to call them. You know, in Christianity, obviously, they're the minions of Satan— Irish folklore, you know, in, in most mythology and folklore, they are minions of darkness. You know, they're not benevolent creatures by any means. And heck, Balor himself, the the in Irish mythology, the Balor was the demon king and the god of drought and blight. So yeah, you, you can see why drought and blight not a good thing. Those would fit right in with the idea that he's gonna just turn Finn, the, the man, into a husk the more he uses, the more he's let out, more Finn lets him do his thing. So what if instead of just being an alter ego, Finn is actually afflicted by this, almost even possessed by this demon, right? and and not necessarily in the Linda Blair sense, but in the sense that he's able to to channel it or at least even to lock it away for a long time. for the bulk of his life, he's able to lock this this entity away and not let it wreak havoc, not let it do whatever it wants, and he's in control, and it's just when things get really, really dark, when things get really, really rough, and he knows he has no other option, or at least he feels he has no other option, he decides to let that creature out, let that entity out, to make use of the gifts that it does bestow on him, the gifts that it does give him, and the edge that it gives him, right? So, and, and... with that he he wouldn't want to give the demon too much leeway he was almost like the Hulk in that sense you know he wouldn't want to give the demon too much leeway and too much freedom or use him too often to get out of control but on top of that he also has confidence in who he is and he knows that he's a good wrestler and he knows he can win matches on his own and he believes in himself so much that, that he doesn't use the demon unless he feels he absolutely has to you know which then answers sort of some of the questions of why he, used him, why he uses the demon in certain matches, but not in others. You know, The one that gets brought up is, okay, he used the demon against Baron Corbin at SummerSlam, but not against Brock Lesnar? Really? Really? Well, this idea of Brock Lesnar, or you know, even more recently, he used it against Bobby Lashley, but not Brock Lesnar. Clearly, Brock Lesnar is harder to beat than Bobby Lashley within the WWE storyline, so what the heck. Well, you look at that match and the, and the build into the match with Brock Lesnar, the whole premise was Finn betting on himself and knowing that he's good enough, knowing that he's, you know, over enough and talented enough to beat Brock Lesnar and proving that to not only Brock Lesnar, but to Vince McMahon. And sure, he didn't end up beating Brock, but he came to him close, you know, as just himself. So he didn't feel like he needed the demon. He didn't believe that he needed the demon. He believed and knew in his heart of hearts, that he could beat Brock Lesnar without the demon. So if he knew that, why would he use the demon, right? Then he ends up losing, though. So from then, maybe that does make him question himself a little bit. It you know, never really showed up because he came out the next night and, and you know, beat up, but confident, you know, and, and still holding his head held high, so good for him. But it's not uncommon in people to have that, that little bit of nagging doubt, that just that little bit of, you know, of, of questioning yourself and, and that sort of thing. And then he gets the match with Bobby Lashley and Leo Rush, and he wins the Intercontinental Championship, but he pins Leo Rush for it. So then you can, people can sit there and and Leo did. You can sit there and say, you know, "Sure, you won, but you didn't beat Bobby. You didn't pin the champion. You pinned me. You didn't pin the champion. So can you even do that? Can you even pin the champion?" And that that nagging doubt weighing on him, knowing that he hadn't pinned Bobby. He's never he'd never pinned Bobby Lashley prior to WrestleMania, and then even knowing. The match that he won to get to get the match at WrestleMania, the number one, the I guess number one contenders match or whatever you want to call it, against Bobby Lashley and Jinder Mahal, he pinned Jinder Mahal. So again, didn't pin Bobby Lashley. So then he sits there and goes, okay, maybe he starts to question: Can I pin Bobby Lashley? Can I really beat him? Like, I don't know. You know I, I I keep hearing that you know, I haven't and that I can't, and and that that could weigh on him, you know. So then he does feel like his back's against the wall, and it's the biggest stage of them all I against mean, WrestleMania, so why not break out the demon? Why not just give yourself that that ace in the hole and, and use it just this once, you know, to make sure you get that win? And he did, and he got the win, and it's great. And then then you sit there and you go, Okay, well, not all the matches that he's used the demon for were super high stakes. You know, some of them were, but not all of them, you know. And let's let's run through those, shall we? So the first we had was the Universal Championship match at SummerSlam in 2016 against Seth Rollins. Now, obviously that was a high-stakes match. It's the second biggest pay-per-view of the year. It is a title match for a main title, not just a main roster title, but a main event title to be the first ever holder of that main event title in your first pay-per-view match and in your first title match on the main roster. So yeah, those are pretty high stakes. And you're going against Seth Rollins, who was Mm -hmm. a main event player at that time and still is, you know. So, yeah, of course, you might want to have that ace in the hole there. You might want to, you know, kind of break out the big badge to help you win and make sure you can win it. And he did win. You know, sure, he got injured, fine, but he won, and and it worked. Then you have the Baron Corbin. Well, i will get to the Baron Corbin here in a second. Then you have the Bray Wyatt match, right? It, It became the AJ Styles match, right, at TLC. And he was preparing for Bray Wyatt, and they had steered into the supernatural angle fully, which was fine. They both had those supernatural elements to their characters, and so Finn, the character, knew that Bray was going to bring his supernatural element. He was going to bring Sister Abigail. He was going to dress his Sister Abigail, which I never thought I'd say this, but thank goodness for the mumps. <laughs> but yeah, he was going to bring that, so why wouldn't Finn bring his own? You know, to make sure he can even that playing field. And up to that point, Bray Wyatt had pretty much been getting the better of Finn. All the way through that build, he kind of had the upper hand on him. So, yeah, maybe Finn thought he needed to tap into that inner darkness to, to come out on top, you know? Then you ha- And then it became an AJ Styles match instead, which was a great match, by the way, and I'd love to see a long-term program between those two. But it became against AJ Styles, and you could say in kayfabe, because it didn't change to the AJ Styles match until the last minute, until that Friday or Saturday... You could say that in kayfabe he'd already unleashed the demon, he already unlocked that, and he couldn't put it back until it, you know, got fed, so to speak. So, that was that one, you know. Then you have the Baron Corbin match. And that's the one that a lot of people look at and say, really, you had to, you know, if if the idea for this demon is that he helps you in, in the toughest matches and in the biggest moments and in the things where you're just at your wits end, you had to use it at Baron Corbin, Really? That one I don't think he used if if you're gonna go into the storyline, if you're gonna buy into the story, I wouldn't I don't think Storyline Finn used the demon there because he thought his back was against the wall. In that case, he probably was just sick and tired of Baron Corbin and wanted to not only beat him, but humiliate him and terrify him and get him to just leave him the heck alone. Wanted to get Corbin to leave him the hell alone. So he used the demon there. That didn't obviously pan out because Baron Corbin made excuses the next night and they had another match against Finn the man, which Finn actually won that one too. So, there you go. But that I think is is, to me the best logic, or the most sound logic as to why Finn doesn't use the demon that much within Kayfabe, within the storylines. I'm not going to say that the creative team has given it that much thought. Um, Not that I'm smarter or better than them or anything like that, I don't think they've put that much thought into it. But it makes sense to me, and that's what I'm going to go with. Um, I don't know what y'all think. You can let me know if you want to. You can send in questions um, to the podcast through the Anchor app, or you can, I'm going to put a post about this on the Instagram, you can add questions or comments there as well. Um, I do want to mention the intro thing, the entrance, which I talked about earlier with the WrestleMania thing. The entrance he had at WrestleMania this year was Fantastic. Uh, It wasn't, I don't think, the the top-of-the-level, biggest, baddest entrance they could do for the Demon at WrestleMania, but for a first-time appearance for the Demon at Mania, it worked. It worked so well. Um, And frankly, I think I'm of the mindset, not that Finn is going to take this particular performer's place on the card or in the locker room, because he doesn't have the kind of legacy that this man does, he doesn't have the kind of history that this man does, But, could he down the line? Maybe. But right now, he doesn't. However, the Demon Balor entrance at WrestleMania as an idea, the idea of Demon Balor, the Demon King, coming to WrestleMania, and him making this big, grand, dark, terrifying entrance, that should take the place of The Undertaker's entrance. Because the Undertaker match at WrestleMania became a hallmark of WrestleMania, Right? Um, he hadn't missed a, rest, prior to this year, he hadn't missed a WrestleMania since 2000. That's 18 years straight that he showed up to WrestleMania. And over time, his, as his character grew and developed and became a bigger and bigger deal, so did the entrances, right? And so the entrances at WrestleMania are always fun anyway, just in general, because it, it's the biggest show, it's the biggest spectacle. You know, you want to see, you well, know, the attire, the entrances, the, the, the pageantry, all of it. You see, So I get that. Same with Triple H's, and he does that every year, and his, his entrances have become legend as well. They've become legend for being really long and, and massive and overblown, and in some cases, not necess- it doesn't need to be that big, but they are, and they always are, and that's fine. It's Triple H, you can do what he wants. Um, but The Undertaker's entrances have been known and have become known and famous for being massive theatrical spectacles. You know, these big, big deals. And honestly, because the Undertaker's not going to be at WrestleMania very often, hell, he missed it this year. Is he going to miss it next year? Maybe. Because he's not going to be at WrestleMania very often, if at all, Demon King should take the place of that. Again, not saying that Finn is going to take the place of the Undertaker on the card, especially not at WrestleMania, but any match that Finn has at WrestleMania should be a decent to big deal whether it's for a mid-card title, a main card title or just a really heated blood feud and it should be a big enough deal that it warrants the demon whether you announce it's going to be the demon beforehand or not and the demon makes his entrance and you make you give really unique fun things with it, really great, you know, just pageantry and spectacles and all this great stuff with this entrance because it could light the crowd up, you know. It could set a mood, set a tone, um and it, it it could over time, over you know, four or five years, six years, whatever, become a thing that people expect and get excited for. And when that match starts, when that when it's time for that match to be the next match, you know, and his music hits, or, or the lights cut low, and I could imagine instead of the lights cutting low and you hear a a gong, right, and the crowd pops crazy, the light cuts low, cuts to black, right, and then. You hear that that heartbeat, that pulse, you know, and the lights flash red as it as it pulses. You know, that could light the crowd up. You know, if you give it the right spectacle, you treat it with the right respect and reverence as to what this big theatrical entrance can be. Oh yeah, you have the makings of a massive, massive part of WrestleMania and a massive star at WrestleMania in the Demon King. Right? So again, all that aside, or all that said, again, props to the creative team for not overusing the Demon King as they very easily could have. Props to Finn for keeping it fresh and keeping it unique. Um, and I'm excited to see where it goes from here and where Finn goes from here. You know, he's got the IC title and he seems to be entering a feud. Well, maybe. Maybe the same as Zayn, maybe not. He came out and wrestled same as Zayn on Raw, but who knows? He might end up on SmackDown. Which would not surprise me. I actually could see that coming. Um, him ending up on SmackDown. But yeah, so you never know. Um, I knew that was that was this week. Um, I'm going to jump on here again and upload one. Probably not. I'm going to try to do this on Thursdays. So next Thursday, uh, jump on whatever uh, podcast source you use and check this out. Um, they will probably be about this long. maybe longer as time goes on. I don't know. Um, still kind of hammering out what these podcasts are going to look like and what their main focus is going to be. But anyway, you guys have a great day. Thanks for listening, and I will chat with you later.